Let's go to the word uh, this morning. I, I want to revisit some things. Pastoring is so different in so many ways. Because again, in our, in our local church, you have new people coming. And new people getting born again. And, and it's, it's so easy sometimes to minister from the place you are in. But you need to go back to the basics and, and, and teach things that people will comprehend and understand. I can speak about the glory. And of course now we have maybe to some, I may say Rosh Hashanah, but you've not been here for a while and had teachings and you don't know. But it's a new, in God's calendar, this uh, you know, commonly known as Jewish year, but it's beginning tonight, it's Rosh Hashanah, it's a brand new year, and praise God, that's why those who are early, we blew the trumpet at the beginning of the service. It's called the Feast of the Trumpets. So the Feast of Trumpets, we blew the show as the, the, the service began, and probably I'll see if we'll go that direction, we may blow it at some point. But let me minister some things, and I'll also go into, uh, if time allows, we'll go to some aspects of that. Uh, blowing of the trumpets and the new season that we are entering in. Listen, God is a God of, a pu of purpose. God is a God of purpose. In fact, in every gathering, he has a purpose. But it takes uh, sensitivity to the Holy Spirit to understand purpose. You can sit in the same service with someone, but if you don't open up your heart and have prepared to receive, you may not receive much. But if you've prepared your heart, you can receive a lot. And listen to this. God deals also with specifics in your life and speak to you so specific to your situation. And you walk out of this place knowing God has touched my, has, has spoken to me and has given me direction. Like right now we have had such a wonderful time of praise and worship. Wonderful. Wonderful. That's a wonderful time of praise worshiping the Lord our God. But it takes what? Being ready. Preparing. I was teaching this morning the new members, uh, new uh, care host training, and I was saying, like, example, we have a socket, we have sockets around there, they've plugged in power, that's why we have all this sound uh, system functioning, and you can hear me, and, and there is that, there is power. Sometimes in a local church, you know, people keep coming and say, I don't think there's any power there. It's there, it's here, it's here. Let me tell you something, those sockets have power. There's power right there. If we, if, do, do you believe that? Or you want to believe? We get two, two wires and connect one ear and the other ear. And you realize that there is power. Listen, there is power, but you as a believer, you need to plug in. That's critical right there. You need to plug in. And I'm going to give you an aspect this morning of how you can plug in. Because I'm going to speak about uh, uh, faith for receiving God's promises. That's how you plug in. There's power here. Listen, there's healing available. Jesus said it, and in, 
He keeps his word and we are his church. We are members of his body and it's true. He says where two or three are gathered in his name. He's there in our midst and he'll be there in their midst and he's here in our midst. He's never changed. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. Uh, he's the same pa person. He's never changed today, yesterday, today and forever. He's the same person. So he's, he's the healer. He's a healer. He's our deliverer. Amen. In other words, this is what I'm telling you. Don't just live the same. Plug in. There's power. There's deliverance. There's healing. Listen, church, if you're not careful that you may walk in the, the place where the word of faith is taught and not receive. Not because the word of faith has not been taught, but you got into a habit of appearing. The appearance, the coming is good. But the preparation to receive is what God is looking for. You remember in, in John chapter 4, he says that Jesus is speaking to the Samaritan woman and he says this, uh, that we know who we worship. And then he goes on to verse 24, he says, God is spirit. Those who worship him, that's John 4, 24, must, must, must. I like capitalizing that, must. Worship him in spirit and truth. In other words, the people who say they are worshiping. But listen to this, the true worship must be in spirit and truth. Why is that so? God is spirit. God is not a soul. God is not flesh and blood. God is spirit. So to plug in, you have to understand your identity have been made in the image and likeness of God and start getting into the word of God so that you develop that true worship coming out of you and you always enjoy the presence of God. All the time. Again, I encourage, um, um, and I keep pressing in that manner, God says this, in his word, in, in Psalm 91, he says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. In other words, God says this, I want you to dwell, I don't want you to visit. Visiting is good, but I want you to dwell in my presence. Visiting is good. Visiting, you visit and go, you visit and go, but what he's desiring is for his people to dwell in his presence and that wherever we go, actually, we are carrying the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, and is manifesting in every area of our lives. That will change your life. That will change the work of your hands. That will change you as a student. That will change everything about you. When you dwell in his presence. So plug in. Hebrews 11.1, 1, if you're talking about faith, let's go then to Hebrews. 11.1, one, we'll be receiving our tithes and offerings at, at some point at, at the end. But it says now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Are there things that you're hoping for? 
Only Martin, the keyboard player over here. Are there things that you are hoping for? Now he says the scripture shows us, the word of God shows us, faith is that substance of the things that you are hoping for, the evidence of things not seen. So if there are things that you are hoping for, you better acquire faith to be able to see the manifestation of it. And it's not automatic. So I need to understand, look, look are you able to go right there to verse 6? So that you can look at verse 6 right there on the screen. Which says, but without faith it's impossible to please God. So we see faith is a substance of things hoped for. In other words, listen, faith must precede the things that you're hoping for. And it has to be because the things that you're hoping for, in fact the Bible says you cannot hope for that which you are seeing. You are right now not seated there thinking like, I hope Pastor Davis will be here. I'm here. Do you understand? I hope, I hope, I hope you'll come with his wife. We're here. You can't hope for things that you are seeing. You hope for the things that you are not seeing. So are there any things that you are hoping for? Faith is a substance of the things that you are hoping for. So then for the manifestation of those things that you're hoping for, you need faith. Now I know people say, but I have faith. We'll go to some specifics. Because the Bible says, uh, oh yeah, one who say, yeah, I believe. James said this, I believe. We say, yeah, you're doing right. Because even the devil believes. And they shudder. But we're talking about real faith. And he says this in verse 6, but without faith... It's impossible to please him. I know every one of us wants to please God. That's why you are here. That's why I believe you are here and that's why you are watching us. You want to please God. But he says without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God first must do what? Must believe that he is. And this is wonderful for the seekers of God. And not only is he is, he's a reward of those who diligently seek him. So faith is a substance of things hoped for. Remember this, God gave the children of Israel the promised land. He told them. In fact, when he went to them, he said, the land which I am giving you. As far as God is concerned, the scripture says, when, when we are unfaithful, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. What God says is not what is going to be, but because he says it because it is. God says it's because it is. When he says you are healed, that's what it is. You are healed. So what is your place and my place to align ourselves with what he says to see the results that God, say God has already made available through his son Jesus Christ. So faith is not automatic. Faith has to be, uh, must be received. So God gave the children of Israel the promised land. But listen to this church. The word of God is our promised land. The word of God is our promised land. You know, people think, and, and I've heard people think this way that, oh, oh, okay, then the promised land is heaven. No, it isn't. Ultimately, it's going to be but listen to this, you cannot say Canaan was heaven. 
Canaan was not heaven. They had to fight enemies to enter in. There are no enemies in heaven. If you didn't know it, the devil won't make it. He will not be making. There are no enemies in heaven. You know, even when we read Psalm 23, that he lays a table before your enemies, that's not in heaven, that's here. So the promises of God are here, definitely, and because the word of God is eternal, also is in the time to come. What is that you need? You need faith. The word is full of promises for us to walk in victory. In 2 Peter chapter 3, he talks about, 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3, he says, through the exceeding greatness of his promises, we are partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. God has given us his promises, listen to this, to walk in divine power. To walk in divine ability. We are not just human beings. We are born again. We are not just human beings. We are born again. The Bible says we are new creations. We are born of God. Our spirit man is born again. Your spirit man is born again. We live in this body, but we are not just earthly. Like the scriptures that I've been sharing with you weeks ago is our citizenship is in heaven. You know, I may, I may, you, you may be an, what, a South African living here in Kenya, and you can live here for a long time. But, you know, according to citizenship, you're not a Kenyan. You dwell in here, you're thinking. You can, you can, you can learn some things concerning Kenya, but you're not a Kenyan. By birth, you say, I'm a South African. Listen, we may be here, like I showed you some, some weeks ago, that we are born from above. We are born again. That word again, we are born from above. We are heavenly. That's our identity. Listen, that's the privilege of us. We are born again. And if you are not born again, welcome to that privilege. In fact, as I'm talking, you can just stand up and come over to the altar and I pray for you so that you can come into the privilege of belonging to God himself. We are born again. We are born of the Spirit. We are born of God. We look just like him. So he gave them the children of Israel were given the promises of God. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. Sometimes you go back to learning what they didn't do so that you, you know what not to do and do what you're supposed to do. Uh, I remember Pastor Wade telling me, maybe more than once, those who don't know Pastor Wade, he's Pastor Carla's, you know, husband, and if you don't know Pastor Carla, he's the founder of this ministry and her husband. And, uh, but I remember him telling me, Davis, a wise person, an example, if you're in a meeting and someone is being, you know, you are, you are the boss, example, and then you're in that meeting and he's, your colleague that is being reprimanded. Uh, a wise person listens and they, so that they don't do that. Kona uji kiswaeliwe ukiona mungini wanyoleo? Tiyako maji. Some of you are just looking at me. What's that? 
Miss Ruth, you know what that means. In other words, don't go that direction. Always personal. So my point is this. You see what the children of Israel didn't do. So you want to do what God wants you to do. And don't be an example. Don't follow the example because they, many of them didn't, didn't inherit the promised land. Look at verse 1. Therefore, since, we are pro, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Are we going to the next one? For indeed the gospel was preached to us, as well as to them, the children of Israel, but the word which they had did not profit them. Not be mixed with faith in those who had it. Now look at this. They had the word, stay right there. They had the word. But he says this, they had the word, but what they had did not profit them, be, be, not be mixed with faith in those who had it. So hearing is good, but mixing your faith with what you've had is critical to enter into God's promises. And I'll go to the next one, it says verse 3, it says, for we, we who have done what? Believed. Do enter that rest. So I'd like to know how do you believe? Those who have believed do enter that rest. As he has said, so I saw in my wrath they shall not enter my rest, although the works are finished from the foundation of the world. Let me say something here worth saying. God created man on the, on the sixth day. He walked, he created man on the sixth day, then he entered into his rest, the Sabbath. So in creation, man is called the crown of creation, of God's creation. It's a crown. It's a crown. It's, it's the top of top. Listen, you didn't come from an animal. You didn't come from an ape. Please, evolution, Big Bang Theory, is not from heaven. It's a deception. Okay? So you didn't come from an ape. That's, that's not true. That, 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 those are crazy thoughts, even. You are created. And God created man on the, sixth, on the sixth day. And then he rested. So listen to this. Get these thoughts and meditate on this. So God walks... Then he rests. But for a man to walk, he must first enter into God's rest. God walks and rests. But for a man to walk the works of God, he must enter first into what? God's rest. Let me give you another example regarding that. Remember what Jesus said on the cross? The three words he said, English words, the translators say what? It is finished. Finito. It is finished. So what does that mean? Now for us to enter into what God, the plan of God for our lives, we must enter first into the finished work of God. And what's that? In Christ Jesus, which is what? Salvation. We enter into the finished work of Christ. So can you think about this church? 
then faith is what that faith is what brings that rest. Because faith is based on what God has done through his son Jesus Christ. That actually is what brought us salvation. But that is the foundation, the continuation of it is the same way. So we have you have to go I'm going ahead of myself, but let me say in this man, you have to go and acquire faith for finances according to the kingdom principles, faith for your healing if that's your need, things you are hoping for, faith concerning marriage, good marriage if these are things that you're hoping for, whatever you're hoping for, you need to go to the promise and when you see the promise, you can hope for that promise to be fulfilled, but then what happens, I will show you how to get faith. But listen to this. Then you rest on what is already being accomplished. You no longer work your, your works, you labor to stay in faith and enter into God's rest. That way, like I said last Sunday, your life, you will be living inside out life and not outside in because outside there are chaos. It's like Jesus sleeping in the boat. Chaos, storm, high you know, fuel prices, and on and on and on, and lack and violence, and on and on and on and on and on. He says this, in this world you have tribulations, but be of cheer, I've defeated, I've conquered the world. You also enter into the rest of my victory. How do you do that? I tell people, even if you tell me, and I, I mean what I'm saying, exactly. You tell me I'm, I'm going to kill you at 7 a.m. tomorrow. I'll go and sleep. Then probably around 4 a.m. thereabout is when I'll wake up. If I see it's more serious, I'll wake up at 3. Realize this is serious. Let me get some, some things working here. By the time I wake up at 7, you forgot. Uh, by the time you wake up, you, you say you had to kill me at seven o'clock, you forgot. You thought, you, you'll, you'll think rightfully, I died and resurrected, I die no more. Why, why is that so? Listen to this, church. In all that is happening around, you must use your faith and take your rest, no matter what. No matter what, no matter the adversity, enter into his rest. And faith is that key that you need in believing to enter into God's rest. So we've seen that he, he finished. He finishes then what? He, he works then he, and he finishes, he rests. But for you and I, we enter into what is already, enter into his rest first and do what? And do the works. You know, a person can say, now I'm going here, there, and there, but we'll come to a place, we'll finish one time. But one can say that I'm working, working for the Lord. I understand what they're saying. You remember the song that you used to sing many years ago? Those who are born. Walking, walking, walking somewhere. Walking, 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 walking for the Lord. 
You, you remember that? And, 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 and I think like Holy Ghost is moving. Not so. Walking, walking, walking somewhere. Walking for the Lord. And you, you can do all that. But, but can I tell you something real in reality? We are supposed to walk in and with. In the Lord and with the Lord. People burn out because they work for the Lord. Because there are some, I don't know if they're here today, there are some who don't like the place they work, but they are there. They don't even like the bosses, the boss, but they are there because of money. They are working for the organization, but they don't like it. You see? So you can work for and never have really actually intimacy, closeness with the one who you are serving. God doesn't want just people working for him. He wants people to work with him, in him, and with him. And we find that in the book of Mark chapter 16. He says, oh, 16 verse 15, I'll read it. Um, Mark 16, that's for someone. Do you know what is... Um, um, do you know what is targeting there, talking about the scripture? This is what is targeting. 16 verse, from verse, verse 19. Do you know what is targeting there? The point there is so that you may enter into God's rest. You're walking with him and in him and with him. And actually, like Apostle Paul says, in him we live, we move, and have our being. Your life, again, remember like 1 Corinthians 6, 6.17 says, he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So in essence, we have received the spirit of faith because God is a God of faith. If there is any faith, it begins with him. If there is any faith, it begins with the word. If there was no faith in God's word, you could never get faith reading it. But his word is filled with faith. That's why reading his word, you receive faith. God's word is full of life because his life. That's why reading his word and studying his word, you have that life. God's, that's why by receiving his word, you receive eternal life. So every promise, listen to this, every promise given by the Father in his word, it carries the ability and the power to bring to pass that promise or to bring to manifestation that promise. If we say he's, I sent, he sent his word and healed us, it's because his healing carries, I mean his word carries Health and healing. In fact, the Bible says his word is health to all our flesh. So the word of God is infused with that power. And when he speaks it, he has already released the power in that word. So when it goes, it's not like he sent his word to heal. No, he sent his word and healed them. In other words, it always does what is sent for. So the promise is true. It will be fulfilled. But faith is a connector. 
to see that promise being fruitful is faith is what you use to plug in. Power is available. Ability is available in the world. All that you need is available in that world. But you need to plug in and activate that power. You can come to our room. Are we going to Matthew, Mark 16, verse 18? You can, verse 19. You can come to our room and, and say, we have no, it's dark. You, say, you have no electricity. There's no power. There's no power. Power is there, but there is a connector. What is that? Turn on the light. Use the switch. Click. What happens? Light you need. So faith is that connector that you need to see the light that God has said is yours to enjoy in your house. If it's a candle, to me, I it. It's a matchbox. <laughs> All right, then. Look at this, talking about walking with. So then, after the Lord has spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. That is, after, after his death, and this is now he has ascended. And they went out and preached everywhere. Listen to what he says. The Lord walking. The Lord walking with them. Not working, working for the Lord. The Lord working with them. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. So the Lord working with them. God wants you to experience that, that you work with him in every situation. Do you know what that takes? Hearing, obedience, promptness to obey. Don't forget that. Walking with the Lord. You'll not get tired. You'll enter into God's rest. Let me, let me say something here. You can work with the Lord concerning your finances and you'll not be worn out. Frustrated. Why? You enter into his rest. You can enter, you can work with him concerning uh, in, in your business or whatever it is. You realize finally I have one, the one that I can roll this care to, and I give to him. How can you give to him? Because he told you to get into that business. So first know that, listen, before you start doing it, know that he's told you to do it. Find the promise, and then pursue his way of doing and being right. Now, going back to Hebrews 11 verse 1, the Amplified Classic. If I'm going, just going to do the introduction, that's fine. Again, pastoring, <clears throat> you keep saying, you keep feeding. You keep feeding, you keep feeding people. And, again, just like, have you realized that no, I'm, I'm, I'm not one, not to offend anyone, but have you realized that you, uh, you can't put on weight breathing air? Just that? You've noticed that? I don't get offended. I'm, I'm, I'm just giving a good example. You just can't do that. 
So, but I don't eat much. Yeah, that's not true, really. There's, there's a process that takes place. And the process, the, 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 the process is spoon, mouth. Spoon, substance, mouth. That's the process of feeding. So look at this. When you keep teaching the word of God, there's something that is happening in your spirit. You are being fed. Just like your child, you go, there are processes in life. Just like your child, what do you do? You, you tell them, now take this and eat. Mama don't want to eat. No, eat. This is good for you. What are you doing? You keep training them. And what happens? They are growing. They are eating. They are growing. They are doing the things that you have told them to do. And at some point you realize, oh my goodness, I've been here for over 20 years. And I've seen people just literally being born and grow. I've seen parents being expectant. Announce even their birth. And now they are tall people and big people. David is one of them. And many others. Many others. Even coming mothers say, oh, pastors pray for me. Just, you know, just I'm, I'm expectant and all that. We did that, David. <laughs> many, oh, many of them, I mean, very little ones, but they have grown. I mean, I, I remember Sandra. It's a little, little, little girl. Look at Hannah. She's a lawyer. She can just talk to me about law. But literally seeing her grow, I mean, several, 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 several others. Dan, no, you, you're, no, 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 Daniel, not you. But people like Eric are sitting over there. I remember Marcia when, uh, no, uh, Marty when she was born. Tina and I went just, she's over here that, I mean, just almost taller than me. I don't know, probably. But those little ones, they have grown and on and on and on. But listen to this, it wasn't an overnight process. The word, you must be patient with it and allow it to take its course. You didn't do this to your baby. Zoom, and then standard three. Zoom, university. Zoom, marriage, and they have another baby. You didn't do that. You never did that. What is that? There are processes. Listen to this. Jesus explained spiritual things with the natural things. He goes to Mark chapter 4 and he says, a sower sows the word. But what was he talking to? He was, he was, what was he talking about? He wasn't talking about planting. He wasn't talking to farmers. But they understood because this is what they did. They, of, the, of that time, they understood what that meant. But what was he talking about? He was talking about the word of the kingdom. That you take the word of God and as a seed, you sow it in your heart. The soil is your heart. And when you start working on that, now a farmer doesn't go and they plant that seed. And then they go out and say, I don't think anything happened. That's not a farmer. A farmer doesn't say, can you imagine, you've taken, you've taken, how many, 10 acres, and you've planted maize. And then you've done, you've finished, you do all the plowing and all that, and then you, you, you leave there and say, I, I don't think anything happened in that land. Did you sow a seed? I did. But I don't think anything happened. What do you mean anything? No farmer thinks that way. 
If there's an farmer thinking that way, they need to go to a mental hospital. That's not, a farmer doesn't think that way. Listen to this. You cannot be exposed to the word of God and say nothing is happening. You need to be taken to a, 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 a mental institution. No, 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 I'm not talking about that. But that's, you see, in the natural, we can think that, we can think that way, but why do we think that in the spirit world, in regarding the word of God? Listen to this, you are going home with something, and that thing is the word, because the word will produce results every time you hear it. Don't ever stop listening to the word. I haven't gone to Romans 10 yet. We'll go there. But don't stop ever listening to the word. And listen, and listen to it. So what happens? The following day, the crop doesn't just, you find it all over. Now it's ready to harvest. Any farmer does that? Huh? You planted the seed today, but I remember when I was growing up, the first time when I started grow, you know, planting seeds. I'll plant a seed. I remember doing that. And then especially I remember mango. Is it a mango? I think they were groundnuts. I really wanted groundnuts, and, and almost go, you know, dig it up and eat the seed. But, but, I, but you go, and then at the following day, you go, click, click, click. As a small boy, check, and, and then return it. You know you're not doing good to eat. You, by, by keep checking, you have to let, listen to this, as long as the seed has hit the ground. Something is happening. When the, the seed is in your bag, in the house, nothing is happening. The word spoken, Apostle Paul, you're going to look at it in, in Romans, said, the Apostle Paul calls it the word of faith, spoken. It's just a seed. When it is spoken, it's being sown. Where is it sown? It's been sown in your heart. As long as it hits that ground, something is happening. Have faith in the process. You will never, never be discouraged if you have faith in the process. The kingdom of God it says a man sows a seed and he goes to sleep and he wakes up. He doesn't know how it happens, but that it will grow and it will be a big tree and the birds of the air will even have nests on that tree. The kingdom of God, which is the word of the kingdom, is as a seed. Be patient. Have faith in the seed and have faith in in the process, and let it do what is actually, listen to this, what the world knows very well to do. You don't even can't help it. Listen, as long as the seed is on the ground, you are not going to help it. Just let it hit the ground, and it will take course. The ground knows what to do. I had someone, someone say that, um, you know, like a, a pole, an, a metal pole, metal, you know, like a flag post you have there. You, you have, why it rusts is because the earth knows what to do. 
it is trying to make it grow. So it rusts. Because what happens before the growth? There is the death process. You understand that? You didn't do any biology? Did you do any biology? Yes. Or is one of these classes that you skipped? But, but, but look at this. Because it's trying to make that, that flag post grow, actually. Well, so it rusts. So the seed, reach, re, uh, the seeds, uh, the seed uh, hits the ground. What happens is this. The soil is ready to do what it does, it does best. Help the seed grow. That's the word. Have faith in the process. At least you can say amen. Let's go to Hebrews 11, one, the, amp the Amplified Classic Version. It says, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed. Faith is the, con the assurance, the confirmation, confirmation, the title deed. How many of you have lands, several, and properties? Do you carry your property around? But you have an assurance. You have a title deed. Now faith is that title deed of ownership. Of the things that you are hoping for. You have the title deed. Faith in your heart. I just know it. I just know it. And how many times I've told Tina that, you know honey, come to a place that I just know it. That's it. I just know it. Out here, may nothing have changed. But listen, changes have happened in here. Why? I'm almost going ahead of myself, but let me say it. Because faith is in the mouth and in the heart. Believing is of the heart. So faith has come in. And you've gone to the word of God, and you've, you finally know it. I just know it. I just know it. I know it. May look like it's not going to happen, but I'm not moved by what I'm seeing. I finally know it in my heart. Mama, can you think about you being eight months pregnant and someone, a certain fool coming around and telling you you're not pregnant? If it's a doctor, you're going to change quickly. You know that doctor needs the psychiatrist, not to, to, that's not a gynecologist. You just know inside of you. Now, it reaches a time that in your spiritual womb, you just know. You just know. What's that? It's assurance. What is that? It's a confirmation. What is that? It's the title deed, which is actually the possession of the thing that you're hoping for. You just know. Praise God. Amen. Of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see. So look at this. A person who's in faith and living by faith, they are not moved by what they are seeing. Why? Because they have a title deed, they have a knowing, they have a confirmation of things they cannot see. They already have that in their hearts. 
I just have it. I have it. I have it. They start singing songs, new songs in your own time. I have it, I have it, have it, have it, have it, have it, have it. You know, just inside of you, you just have it. Finally, I have it inside of me. And when you have it, the around, whatever you are dealing with, will have to respond to what you know you already have. We do not see the conviction of their reality. A faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. You're talking about seeing with the natural eyes. You're talking about hearing with natural ears. You're talking about feeling and all and on and on. You've, you've finally, you know inside of you, it's not what I'm feeling, it's not what I think, what I'm thinking, but listen to this. I have come to a place that I have faith in what God has said because I have a promise in my heart and I know it is so. It's done, it's finished. Is it a feeling? No, it isn't. It isn't. There are things literally, I have seen them manifest before. Until when we receive them, it's like, okay, I already did my shouting and my thanksgiving before. So what does people of faith, remember when you have the title deed? Do you know that you have the land? Unless... Let, don't forget about the other things that have happened for few people that they had title deed and nothing was there. I've seen people do that. I, I saw, you know, someone just have a title deed, land title deed, but actually the land is not there. I'm not talking about that, okay? That's the work of the devil. But I'm talking about when you have the title deed, you have the assurance you have what you have that title deed for. It, it doesn't have to be seen by people you are carrying land around, but that paper is a guarantee. That paper is an assurance. It's a conviction. It's not what you feel. Listen to this. Let me put it in a way you can understand. If you possess land, you don't feel land, land. But you have a land. You have a property. You see, now I'm not seeing anyone written property, property, property. You have property. No, but you have property. But listen to this. You, you know inside of you have that. And, and the, the title deed is that assurance I have it. That's what happens with faith. You don't feel like it, but you know inside of you, this has already been formed. And it's just in a moment. And I have the manifestation, but it's done inside of me. Am I talking a language you understand? Again, the same thing. You keep feeding your faith with the word of God. And it keeps growing. Now, let's go here. Let's go to Romans chapter 10. We'll do some reading. For some few minutes and then next time, most likely, we come back in and start teaching some basic things concerning faith. Because you hear about faith does not mean you have faith. That's why the Bible says this, you examine yourself, church. Uh, do you have your faith activated? Your faith activated. 
in the things that you're, you're saying you believe? Do, do you really believe? You need sometimes to, say, to, to sit down and think and, and ask yourself, yeah, you know, I've heard people say, you know, I'm believing God for this. But you ask them, what is the basis of that? I say, but I'm believing. No, no, no. Let me give you an example. You give again giving out natural examples? Does that help? It does. Jesus did so. Jesus even would say a certain man. That means that man existed. And probably he was standing right there. You know, if I'm talking about Professor Judy and I, I'm talking to you and I do want you to, to hear and say, a certain woman, her house is very beautiful. You see, but I don't want you to know it's her. But now you know because I've said it. But it's a person you know. So Jesus many times said, a certain man probably was right there. Okay. That didn't excite you either. But I wanted to say something. Oh yeah, okay. Okay, let me see. Let me say something here. If we say, Brother Duncan, we need to believe we need to meet. Yeah, I believe we need we'll meet. Okay. We say for one week. And then I say, Brother Duncan, we need to meet. And I say, Yeah, I believe we need to meet. Will you ever meet? Will you ever have a meeting? Never ever. Why is that so? We must articulate time and place. So our not believing, we need to believe, we need to meet at a certain time, and we need to meet at a certain place. So listen, believing is not just there. I almost said bangala bangala, don't get what they call it. It's just be, believing is not just. Listen, you establish what? Place and time. And you can come to a place that you know the time this happened. Also, I'm, 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 I like saying this. On 21st of June, I know what happened. You see, I know what took place there. I know when the word finally penetrated in my heart. And I'm telling you, the Bible, and I carried my Bible. Here, let me see over here. Let me see. It's over here. Uh, it has small letters, so sometimes I carry this, okay? All right? These are shades. <laughs> but look at this. Uh, I knew when I started opening this book and it was a reality. I knew that. I knew when finally I'll go to scriptures and I will see the things that God has done. You know what? This is what it means. Faith started becoming alive. I signed up to go to Jerry Saville Ministries International Minister's Bible Institute to pay $1,750 in nine months. It was more than that because I had to walk all, I mean, I had to, to make, to, to take my journey from Dandora first floor to Westlands. 
You know, if you come from Dandora, first of all, where I lived, not all Dandora is bad, but where I live, you get to Westlands, you're, you're smelling. Good atmosphere, brother, because I was near the camping site. I mean, a dumping site. So just walking there and if going there, the atmosphere itself, if you're not careful, if you don't have faith alive in your heart, you're intimidated. Everyone around looks clean. Have you ever been to a place like that? Until you are getting intimidated. But listen to this. At 27 years, living in Islam, I had a promise. And I believed what God had told me, go to that Bible school. So I had to believe on God's word. And I'm telling you, I didn't hear an audible voice here. I heard from the Holy Scriptures when they jumped into my heart and faith was formed. When faith is formed in your heart through the word of God, the situation you are facing is no longer significant. Listen this. The higher force has come in and faith is that force. It's a spiritual force. It's already coming. You know, it's done. I remember nine months, uh, about seven months later, the, all the money had not come in. And it's not all the money, oh my goodness. In those seven months, I'd paid 12,500. Can you imagine if you are paying it in dollars, 1,750, probably, without exaggerating, that was 2000, 2001, probably it is equivalent to some uh, one point something million now. Now, let's say, probably by then, I'd pay 12,000, maybe say, okay, I'll pay 12,500 shillings. Do you know what the devil starts saying? He said, now, <laughs> I still have it. The reference, you know the one you, you are asked, uh, how are you going to pay the finances the, the, for the Bible school fees, your Bible school fees? I said, I have lived by faith. I still, I still have it. I have lived by faith and I've seen God providing. So I believe even this one, God will provide. Who writes that? But you see, I was writing what was real. There was no fundraising I was going to. If I was going to fundraise, how many people would have shown up? Probably I would have gotten some 5,000. 5,000 against that. And the Lord said, don't do that. So I wrote that. And then listen to this. Came about uh, this, I think it was June 2001, and we are graduating end of July. I think we graduated last, end of July actually, we are finishing. And the devil kept saying this. You told these people that you are a man of God. You have not even paid. They no longer believe in you. You said you are a person of faith. You don't have it. Oh, goodness, Lord. That kept, you know, you know, when the devil finds an opportunity to peck. Have you ever been pecked? Yeah, looking at me. Are you? And he kept, he kept doing that. He kept doing that. I knew we got a break at some point, and I went to the Word of God and started studying and praying, and studying and praying. And I said, I remember these words, Lord, you told me to go to the Bible school. That was established. I had heard from the Lord. And I have not 
pay the Bible school fees, and I know it's not your mistake, it's my, 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 my mistake. Lord, where am I missing it? Then he told me, he showed me his word again, 1 Corinthians 9, 7. Do I send a soldier to at his own expense? And he says, I've paid for your Bible school fees. I'm telling you, I rejoice right there. I knew it has already been done. Going to Jerry Seville Minister's Bible Institute for me was like dying and going to heaven. That's how much it meant to me. I wish I would have told you that the following day when I woke up, there was all the money there. No, listen this. Life had entered in my spirit and I knew it and I knew it and I knew it. And I knew it and I couldn't convince me otherwise. I just knew it. The following day, I went to, to Bible school on Monday. Then on Tuesday, Pastor Wade came and he started teaching and on and on and on. And then um, he said that to us at some point, say, uh, some of you uh, are suffering emotionally. You need to come over here because God has given me instruction. We are 16 of us in the class. I say, Lord, I'm not suffering emotionally. The one that was suff the suffering I had, you, you dealt with this, this past year. <laughs> we can because I got the answer. I already have the answer. I don't need to go there. And he went on and on and on. And I just looked at him and I, I asked the question in my heart, Lord, am I being arrogant by not going to the front? And I didn't hear go to the front. Then, when other Bible school students have gone, had gone to the front, he turned to me and he said, Davis, would you please come over uh, 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 come, come over alongside, uh, alongside with me or something like that, that English. Come over and be here with me. And I thought, come over. What does that mean? Pastor Wade had an accent, strong accent. You really have to understand what he meant. And he had such presence. I what does that mean? I stood up. I came to where he was standing. I just said, so, come, come over here, stand over here. As I'm laying hands on these students, I want, you, I want you to be praying with me in the spirit. I said, oh, okay, fine. And this is your brush. I just praying in the Holy Ghost, following him around. And then when he was done laying hands on those Bible school students, he, he, he turns to me and says, uh, he goes, Angayo do. Do you know what I did? Closed my eyes, lifted up my hands. And he said, son, I'm not calling you. I've called you. I'm not placing this call upon you. I've called you before the foundation of the world. And I have put this on you. And this is what he said. He said, listen to me, son, concerning your knees. Do I send a soldier to war at his own expense? Release that care upon me, says your father. I still have it until today. I, said, wow. I wish I would have told you I opened my eyes and the money was there. Be patient with the process. Come on, ladies, you know that you don't conceive and tomorrow say, I'm going to, I'm going for a labor pain. So what, what for? Last time being admitted for labor, and said, no, you need, you need to turn your head around. It's not a time. And, but it's two weeks, Pastor. No, there's a process. Be patient with the process. 
Many people, listen to this, they don't hold fast their faith because they're impatient. And they don't see the manifestation. And listen to this, and they change their talk. And when you change your talk, you've given the devil the license to steal from you. Be patient. I wish I told you the man was there the following day, but I verily, verily, I tell you, in one month's time, all of it was paid. All of it. One person. From afar, just for me. Faith in God can have the Lord pass away. This is, this is actually, it said concerning Smith Wigglesworth, can pass even a million people to go to just one. The one who has faith because faith attracts God. Why? It is his anyway. And he came right to that boy from Dandora, first four, without a bed, getting about 100 shillings a day, but came right there. And you know what that did? Marked me. I knew things had changed, and I knew it's a time to take up another mountain, to, to go for another mountain. And it's being over and over again. Listen, when he's seen you, you're not moved. So what's your need today? Do you have the substance of the things you're hoping for? What's your need today? Just think of what your need is. And then you ask the next question. Do you really believe? And what is the basis of your believing? The word has to be, oh, good Lord. Let's see. Receiving anything out of this? Uh, is that building your faith? Don't worry if you don't feel like you're receiving anything. Don't worry. You didn't know even when your mother was using that spoon to feed you. Some of you, do they still have Cerelac? Huh? They still have Cerelac? Your mother's over there, you even don't know? Do they still have Cerelac? Yeah, we used to have then Cerelac. My goodness. I had a privilege of my, 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 my sister, last one was born 1978, and I was born 1970, I'm born in 1973, I had an opportunity of getting some milk. When people, <laughs> I remember one time, we used to have even that safari land. I don't know if you remember safari land. It was at Green Teen. And you know, you remember that safari land? And then you are a cake in nature. I mean, you've lived for quite some time. But I remember one time, <laughs> I forget that, I liked that Safari land, milk. But it had a way that if you, you just dip that spoon and you put much of it right over the roof of your, your mouth, it just remained there. So when, if someone entered in suddenly, you, <coughs> there's a way they know you have 
something in your mouth that you are not allowed to have. I remember. I kind of like almost I say I was addicted to that to that safari land when it was in the room. And, and my parents or someone put it in the room, my mother, in her bedroom. So I knew how to sneak in there and get her, sneak in with a teaspoon. Because, again, you can't use your hands. It had a certain silverish cover there, you know, uh, that you, you just stay it a little bit. So you can't put all your hand there because if someone just comes in, you have all your hand with, with white substance. So there I, you go with a teaspoon, so I'll enter in. But I remember that moment. I enter in and I scoop that someone, put it in my mouth. And I heard mom come in. And that's the time. <laughs> I said, well, you, look, you look on the side, knowing how your mouth looks. Like. And then you think like you've swallowed, and then you're looking at the mama, and it's all... <laughs> It's all over in your mouth. Oh my God, but I enjoyed that. <laughs> that safari land. I don't care for it now, even if they still have it. Oh, they still have it. Don't bring to me, please. I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm now more mature now. I left childish ways. But I'm telling you, I enjoyed that, Sarah. So listen to this, you all. You may not be feeling like anything, but listen to this. Something is happening. You are being fed. You are being fed. You're being fed. What you need to do is to go back and start looking at, what is pastor saying, actually? Nowadays, you have an opportunity of listening to the message again. and say, what is he talking about? Because, listen this, if it's a substance, which it is, of the things you're hoping for, then you need this substance. Because the natural realm the natural occurrence of things actually untie everything about faith and therefore the only way to make and thrive it in these times is to li truly live by faith. God wants his people to live that way. Let me go a little bit and then next week probably you'll go to, Lord, what do I do? Next week, most likely we'll go, but I want to, uh, we'll go into Romans 10 because of time. But let me say some things about the, this new, again, for you to have faith in what you had, like blowing of the trumpets and all that we did this morning. And this evening begins that new year in God's calendar, which is known as the Feast of the Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah. All right? So begin begin this, this evening. But there is something I was looking at and studying. I'm not a scholar in this, you know, a professor in this. But just studying and looking at some things, I thought, we need to look at. We need to have faith. So what I'm going to say is so that you may have faith in the things, in the things and the season that we are in. These are called the, the, the fall feasts, which is now Rosh Hashanah and then... Um, 10 days later, will be Yom Kippur, and then it goes to the Feast of Tabernacles. So I'm saying some things so that you may have substance for the things you're supposed to be hoping for to happen during this season, okay? Now look at this then. The basis of our faith should be 
Christ. And who is Christ? The Word. True Bible faith is based on the Word. When Apostle Paul says, writes in Romans 10, 10, 17, he says, So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So he's telling us how faith comes. So faith, the basis of our faith is God's word. In other words, to have faith, biblical faith, is to go to the word of God and, and take it into your, your heart. I'm going to say this for, for a little bit, but we'll read next week. Then he says this, the word of faith, or the word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. The word is very near you. Do you know that's powerful? God says, the word is very, look at this verse 8, but what does he say? The word is near you. In your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. The word is near you. Not far. Not far. Go, go back to verse, verse 7. Yeah. Verse 6, please. Look at this. Verse 6 says this. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above. Or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But do you know there are people who say that? Who, who, who will come? From, uh, have, who will descend into, uh, no, the other one, it says, uh, uh, who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above. You know, when, when, you, when, when do you say that? When you say this, Jesus, come, please, and touch me. I've heard people say this, In other words, come, come. Jesus, if you can come as a person. He said, no, no, that, that's actually what that means. But he says this, this is how close he is to you through his word. Because his word is his person. Is that right? Did I, did, does that make sense? That the word and him are one. Listen to this, church. When you start looking at the word of God in that sense, with reverence, you'll get more out of it. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was with, was with God, and the word is God. You look at that. This is God. This is a living person. This is not a book, just a book. This is a person who is alive. Then faith cometh. I'm telling you, you start rejoicing when you read the word. I 
I mean, challenge. If you don't shout, you, you, you read the scriptures, you know that scene, the promises, and you start shouting, you're not yet. You need to take some more time. I was telling the, the praise team, we had wonderful yesterday, wonderful time with them uh, in worship, but I was telling them, the choir, that God wants you to give something to uh, you, for you to give him something. And this is something that he wants from you, time. If you give him your time, which actually has blessed you with, he will change you completely and everything about you. Give him your time. You'll see the beginning of change in your life. Why is that so? The one you love, you give him time. Do you know if you're courting and you, that relationship, if you're courting, I'm not a professor, but if someone, not you, okay? If someone is courting and that relationship is no longer moving forward, people become busy. When are, you, are we meeting? I'm busy. Babe, another time. And then at some point, they have no babe. That babe vanishes. You should know that is gone. So don't, don't try now to work on. We need to meet. What time? This is not going to work. That's how you know that. Look at this. If you really know how you're, 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 you're losing that really intimate relationship with your father through the Holy Spirit is when you don't have time. Don't ever say that you don't have time for the word. Because you'll have time to sit at the hospital for a long time. Have you noticed doctors are not in a hurry? Because sometimes probably they think like you need to have been doing something. <laughs> have you ever noticed they're not in a hurry? You can sit there for hours for something so small. I don't know why they think that way. I can't see Dr. Daniel. I could have asked him. But, but they think like, you have all the time to wait. I had a certain man, precious man. I was meeting with him for the first time. He's of uh, Indian descent. But he said we meet at 10 o'clock. So I don't know the last time I went to someone's office. I just don't know huh? the last time I did that. But recently, so I went, uh, I went there around 10 to 10. And we sat, I sat, let's say, the first thing that the just wonderful people he said, excuse me, sir, yes, uh, would you have some, something, you want coffee, tea, whatever? I said, no, no, I'm fine. Actually, I just had breakfast, so I'm fine. And anything, water, oh, not at the moment. I'm fine. So I waited. 10.15. 10.20. I'm waiting. I asked the secretary, how long am I going to wait? I said, Oh, no, the secretary came and said, he's saying, please, please forgive him. He's taken more time, but he's about to finish. So I waited until 10.25. And uh, he hadn't come. Yes, so I said, move to this other boardroom. Now he's finished there. He's finishing someone, then you'll meet with the busy, busy people. 
So I went, I was checking the boardroom, and they had all kind of, you know, if you wanted to eat. I said, I'm fine. I think I'll just drink water. So, so he came around 10.30. <laughs> I went, and I said, so I told him, I'm so and so, Pastor Davis, and he told me his name. And then I said, excuse me, sir, this is what I'm going to do. In the payment that we are supposed to give to you, I'm going to deduct the amount of time I've sat here for 30 minutes, and it's about 100,000. He said, no, 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 don't worry, don't worry about that. I'll donate that to your church. <laughs> so he said, no, 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 don't, don't, don't deduct from that. I will give you a donation. I said, uh, tell me what you do. I said, we have a children's home and all that. And I'm waiting for it, and I actually wasn't joking. He wasn't joking. No, 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 I'll donate that to your church. I said, what do you do? I said, we have a children's home, dad. I said, yeah, I'll do that. And then he talked so gracious, man. We talked a little bit, and he said this. I ask you to forgive me again. I really do apologize for my tidiness. But I'll give a donation. I said, fine, sir. That's fine. I appreciate that. That's okay. Anyway, we had business after that. Your time is precious. Give it to God. And it will change your life. So the righteousness of faith, it says, and the word is near you in your mouth and in your, the, in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Now listen to this. He says this. It's not far. It's not far. The results that you need is not far. It's in your mouth and in your heart. And listen to this. Faith is in two places because he's talking about the word of faith in your mouth and in your heart. How do you know you have faith when you, you've realized that you've gotten into the word of God in that area and the promise is so real in your heart until you start doing what? Saying it. You're saying it. You're saying it. Saying sows the word in your heart but when, when there is a demand to bring it out, it will come out of you and you'll see the results that you're looking for. So this is the reason I'm giving, I'm heading a certain direction concerning Feast of the Trumpets. It is, you must, how do I put it? You must find Christ in what you're doing because the whole book is about him. The whole book is about him. And the, the feast, the feast, which are sometimes they're called the Feast of Israel, but you know, it's God's feast, are revelations of the Lord Jesus, his life and ministry. Don't forget that. It's a revelation of Jesus. I want you to, to be in a place that you can expect. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ, his life and ministry. The feast of the Passover was his, de his death on the cross. Remember that. That the detail, these feasts, were uh, actually his life was surrounded by these feasts. If I if I say if I've said it right, but the feast of the Passover was his death on the cross. He's the Passover lamb. The feast of unleavened bread, when Jesus took our sins upon Himself, and the feast of the first fruits was the Lord's resurrection from the dead. He was raised on the feast of the first fruit. Now, the Feast of Weeks, which is Pentecost or Shavuot, 
is the coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. You find that in Acts chapter 2 verse 1. And on that day, the Pentecost came. He came on the exact day of the feast. Time, place. You remember that? That's how God works. It's amazing about God's pattern. God's pattern. God is full of purpose. Whatever he does. You know, you, when you hear someone say like, oh, you know, we, we need to meet and kill time. I don't have any. You know, there's no purpose. Why would you kill time? Don't you know time is your life? You're committing suicide? Oh, come on now. Time is your life. You're going to kill, kill your life. You kill time. Do they still use that? Uh, do they still use that? Or oh, you don't know? Or you live around people of faith. Good. Congratulations. So the Feast of Weeks was Pentecost, Greek Pentecost, meaning 50. Is, uh, it was the coming of the Holy Spirit. Now listen to this. The Feast of Trumpets, Bible scholars believe this. Now, all these other feasts have already been fulfilled, the day of Pentecost. But now we come with the Feast of Trumpets, Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles, they have not been fulfilled yet. This is what it means. It's something to look forward to. An expectation. They all rotate around who? The life of Jesus. What is remaining how do I put it? What is it? What is the hope of the church right now? In regarding the life of Jesus and his ministry, what is the hope of the church? His second appearing. If you don't have that, I don't know why. But that's why I'm preaching to you so that you can have that, that hope and faith. Is the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. One of these days, in a twinkling of an eye, gone. Here I am, and here I am no more. That's called rapture. The catching away of the church. Church is coming. Church is coming. Church is coming. We should hear how you are responding. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? You, that's the way you respond to rapture. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And then I say again, the thought of, it's coming. No, church is coming. Praise God. Hey. Apostle, Apostle Peter says, for some have looked at it and say like, God is, you know, is slacking concerning his promises. Not so, church. He's patient. That one may be saved. But it's coming. There's one day. Can I tell you something about what the Bible scholars believe about the Feast of Trump Trumpets? It's the rapture of the church. Who knows? It can be from this evening. If you're crucified as the Lamb of God on the Passover, during the Feast of Unleavened Bread, he was our uh, bearer of our sins, raised on the Feast of the First Fruits, 
The Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, those are pouring of the Holy Spirit. What about the feast of trumpets? Might be. That ought to kindle our love. I'm telling you, I was excited on our wedding day. When I woke up that morning, 16th August 2003, the sun was quite different. Just looked different. You know what? I had hoped, I had faith, and finally, that was happening. I don't think if I even wanted breakfast. Godfrey McKin, do you remember that? Uh, you see, he's doing this. Yeah, I was looking forward to that. It wasn't a, a five million wedding, but the proof of it, 19 years. You understand that? And my oversight, oversight suit, but I got married. Tina persevered. Just got married right there. But I did. I didn't have even money in my pocket. Had faith in God. But there's a brother, there's a, there's a brother who said this, a Ugandan. He said in February, Davis, all what you need to do is get married, board the bus, or wherever you are going to reach Uganda, I'm going to take, take you to Entebbe and with your bride, and you'll have your honeymoon in, in Entebbe. The Lake Victoria. I have even money to take me to Entebbe. But we got a Kamba bus. And it didn't matter if a Kamba bus was going to take 24 hours, hours with my bride. <laughs> Finally, she's by me all the time. Nothing mattered. We got to the border. I think it was, no, it was my second time to Uganda. We got at the border. Uh, I mean, she was, with, I, I had her, my hand on her. Sleep, sleep here. No problem. <laughs> Me. Nothing, I'm telling you the truth. You feel like the world has stopped. Finally, the bride. I remember they brought the chicken in a long sticks at the border. That's what I could offer my bride, but it worked. She ate that chicken in the bus. Roasted chicken. Anyone who's ever eaten that chicken? Yeah, just, just few of us who are broke. <laughs> And we did. And we did. And we went there and we went to the honeymoon in uh, Entebbe, near the lake. And we stayed there with my bride for several, I don't remember how many nights, but listen to this, it was paid for. In fact, this was, this was my, this was my, right there I kept telling Tina of faith walking. I told her this, honey, let me tell you something, girl. God cannot provide money for the honeymoon without having provided money for the wedding. The, the, the reason he's shown us that he's already provided for our honeymoon expenses is because he has already seen us married. We are married, dear. Budget is nothing. We are married. Do you know if you're courting and you, that relationship if you're quoting, I'm not a professor, but if someone, not you, okay, 
If someone is courting and that relationship is no longer moving forward, people become busy. When are, you, are we meeting? I'm busy. Babe. Another time. And then at some point, they've no babe. That babe vanishes. You should know that is gone. So don't, don't try now to work on. We need to meet. What time? This is not going to work. That's how you know that. Look at this. If you really know how you're, 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 you're losing that really intimate relationship with your father through the Holy Spirit is when you don't have time. Don't ever say that you don't have time for the word. Because you'll have time to sit at the hospital for a long time. Have you noticed doctors are not in a hurry? Because sometimes probably they think like you need to have been doing something. <laughs> have you ever noticed they're not in a hurry? You can sit there for hours for something so small. I don't know why they think that way. I can't see Dr. Daniel. I could have asked him. But, but they think like, you have all the time to wait. I had a certain man, precious man. I was meeting with him for the first time. He's of uh, Indian descent. But he said we meet at 10 o'clock. So I don't know the last time I went to someone's office. I just don't know. The last time I did that. But recently, so I went, uh, I went there around 10 to 10. And we sat, I sat. Let's say the first thing that the just wonderful people. He said, excuse me, sir, yes. Uh, would you have some, something? You want coffee, tea, whatever? I said, no, no, I'm fine. Actually, I just had breakfast, so I'm fine. And anything, water? Oh, not at the moment. I'm fine. So I waited. 10.15. 10.20. I'm waiting. I asked the secretary, how long am I going to wait? I said, Oh, no, the secretary came and said, he's saying, please, please forgive him. He's taken more time, but he's about to finish. So I waited until 10.25. And uh, he hadn't come. Yes, yeah, so I said, move to this other boardroom. Now he's finished there. He's finishing someone, then you'll meet with the busy, busy people. So I went, I was checking the boardroom, and they had all kind of, you know, if you wanted to eat. I said, I'm fine. I think I'll just drink water. So... So he came around 10.30. <laughs> I and I said, so I told him, I'm so-and-so, Pastor Davidson. He told me his name. And then I said, excuse me, sir. This is what I'm going to do. In the payment that we are supposed to give to you, I'm going to deduct the amount of time I've sat here for 30 minutes, and it's about 100,000. He said, no, 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 don't worry. Don't worry about that. I'll donate that to your church. <laughs> so he said, no, 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 don't, don't, don't deduct from that. I will give you a donation. I said, uh, tell me what you do. I said, we have a children's home and all that. And I'm waiting for it. And I actually, he wasn't joking. He wasn't joking. No, 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 I'll donate that to your church. I said, what do you do? I said, we have a children's home, da, da, da. I said, yeah, I'll do that. And then he talked so gracious, man. We talked a little bit and he said this. I ask you to forgive me again. I really do apologize for my tidiness. But I'll give a donation. I said, fine, sir. That's fine. I appreciate that. That's okay. Anyway, we had business after that. Your time. 
is precious. Give it to God. And it will change your life. So the righteousness of faith, it says, and the word is near you in your mouth and in your, that, in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Now listen to this. He says this. It's not far. It's not far. The results that you need is not far. It's in your mouth and in your heart. And listen to this. Faith is in two places. Because he's talking about the word of faith. In your mouth and in your heart. How do you know you have faith when you, you've realized that you've gotten into the word of God in that area and the promise is so real in your heart until you start doing what? Saying it. You're saying it. You're saying it. Saying source the word in your heart but when, when there is a demand to bring it out it will come out of you and you'll see the results that you're looking for. So this is the reason I'm giving, I'm heading a certain direction concerning Feast of the Trumpets. It is, you must, how do I put it? You must find Christ in what you're doing because the whole book is about him. The whole book is about him. And the, the feast, the feast, which are sometimes they're called the Feast of Israel, but you know, it's God's feast, are revelations of the Lord Jesus, his life and ministry. Don't forget that. It's a revelation of Jesus. I want you to, to be in a place that you can expect. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ, his life and ministry. The feast of the Passover was his, de his death on the cross. Remember that. That the detail, these feasts were uh, actually, his life was surrounded by these feasts. If, I, if, I say, if I've said it right, but the feast of the Passover was his death on the cross. He's the Passover lamb. The feast of unleavened bread, when Jesus took our sins upon himself, and the feast of the first fruits was the Lord's resurrection from the dead. He was raised on the feast of the first fruit. Now the feast of weeks, which is Pentecost or Shavuot, is the coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. You find that in Acts chapter 2 verse 1. And on that day, the Pentecost came. He came on the exact day of the feast. Time, place. You remember that? That's how God works. It's amazing about God's pattern. God's pattern. God is full of purpose. Whatever he does. You know, you, when you hear someone say like, oh, you know, we, we need to meet and kill time. I don't have any. You know, there's no purpose. Why would you kill time? Don't you know time is your life? You're committing suicide? Oh, come on now. Time is your life. You're going to kill, kill your life. You kill time. Do they still use that? Uh, do they still use that? Oh, you don't know. Or you live around people of faith. Good. Congratulations. So the Feast of Weeks was Pentecost, Greek Pentecost, meaning 50. Is, uh, it was the coming of the Holy Spirit. Now listen to this. The Feast of Trumpets, Bible scholars believe this now, 
All these other feasts have already been fulfilled, the day of Pentecost. But now we come with the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. They have not been fulfilled yet. This is what it means. It's something to look forward to. An expectation. They all rotate around who? The life of Jesus. What is remaining? How do I put it? What is it? What is the hope of the church right now? In regarding the life of Jesus and his ministry. What is the hope of the church? His second appearing. If you don't have that, I don't know why. But that's why I'm preaching to you so that you can have that, that hope and faith. Is the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. One of these days, in a twinkling of an eye, gone. Here I am, and here I am no more. That's called rapture. The catching away of the church. Church is coming. Church is coming. Church is coming. We should hear how you are responding. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? You, that's the way you respond to rapture. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> coming. <laughs> and then I say again the third time. It's coming. <laughs> no. Church is coming. Praise God. Hey. Apostle, Apostle Peter says, for some have looked at it and say like God is you know, he's slacking concerning his promises. Not so, church. He's patient. That one may be saved, but he's coming. There's one day. Can I tell you something about what the Bible scholars believe about the Feast of Trumpets? It's the rapture of the church. Who knows it can be from this evening? If you're crucified as the Lamb of God on the Passover, during the Feast of Unleavened Bread, he was our bearer of our sins, raised on the Feast of the First Fruits. The Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, those are pouring of the Holy Spirit. What about the Feast of Trumpets? Might be. That ought to kindle our love. I'm telling you, I was excited on our wedding day. On our cup that morning. 16th August 2003. The sun was quite different. Just looked different. You know what? I had hoped, I had faith, and finally that was happening. I don't think if I even wanted breakfast. Godfrey McKin, do you remember that? Uh, you see, he's doing this. <laughs> yeah, I, I was looking forward to that. It wasn't a, a five million wedding, but the proof of it, 19 years. You understand that? And my oversight, my oversight suit, but I got married. Tina persevered. <laughs> Just got married right there. I did. I didn't have even money in my pocket. 
had faith in God. But there's a brother, there's a, there's a brother who said this, uh, Uganda. He said in February, Davis, all what you need to do is get married, board the bus, or wherever you are going to reach Uganda, I'm going to take, take you to Entebbe and with your bride, and you'll have your honeymoon in, in Entebbe. The Lake Victoria. I have even money to take me to Entebbe. But we got a Kamba bus. And it didn't matter if Akamba bus was going to take 24 hours, I was with my bride. <laughs> Finally, she's by me all the time. Nothing mattered. We got to the border. I think it was, no, it was my second time to Uganda. We got at the border. And I, I mean, she was, with, I, I had her, my hand on her. Sleep, sleep here. No problem. <laughs> And nothing, I'm telling you the truth. You feel like the world has stopped. Finally, the bride. I remember they brought the chicken in a long sticks at the border. That's what I could offer my bride, but it worked. She ate that chicken in the bus. Roasted chicken. Anyone who's ever eaten that chicken? Yeah, just, just few of us who are broke. <laughs> And we did. And we did. And we went there and we went to the honeymoon in uh, Entebbe, near the lake. And we stayed there with my bride for several, I don't remember how many nights, but listen to this, it was paid for. In fact, this was, this was my, this was my, right there I kept telling Tina of faith working. I told her this, honey, let me tell you something, girl. God cannot provide money for the honeymoon without having provided money for the wedding. The, the, the reason he's shown us that he's already provided for our honeymoon expenses is because he has already seen us married. We are married, dear. Budget is nothing. We are married. February, we are going to get married in August. And that's when we, we are told about the honeymoon expenses paid for. So between February and, 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 and August, I kept telling her that we are married already. All the expenses paid for. And sure enough, we got married. We didn't use a chopper. But we got married. We had peace. We got married. She was troubled a little bit as if she knew, she didn't know I didn't have money. She got some reality that I didn't have money more, you know, the, you know the, the, she knew, but the manifestation of it was more during the honeymoon. <laughs> but I know the joy inside of her was that she got married to the man. Now, this is my, you are the one who made me wonder all that time to give you that story. Because I'm telling you, the rapture of the church is about to take place. And you just looked at me. Eh? <laughs> it's happening, church. Just about to. Listen to this. So this, the feast of trumpets, we need to approach it with faith. And there's a day, day of atonement, which is the salvation of Israel. 
and the Feast of Tabernacles is the millennium reign of Christ Jesus. Everything concerning the scriptures is the person of Jesus. So when you blow the trumpets, let me tell you something. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. What are we saying? Remember in the, the praying, the, 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 the blowing of the trumpet, which is shofar, the Hebrew word for it is shofar. The blowing of the shofar is this. One of the reasons was for the coronation of the king. We are the crown of creation. God's creation. What are we doing? The same breath that he has given to us is in our lungs. We are blowing it back to the God of all creation and we are crowning him as our king of kings and lord of all creation. To him and him alone lives forever. Amen. We are blowing it. And listen to this. In the atmosphere we are declaring this. He's the only king of kings. And we declare, whoa. What is that? He gave us his breath. Let everything that has breath, praise the Lord. And we pledge our allegiance to him and him alone. And this is one of the, some of the things that we even forget. He's a man of war. In the blowing of the shofar, listen to this, it's the taking of dominion and declaring his kingdom. His kingdom. Listen to this church. It's, he's coming. He's coming. Let's go to First Thessalonians quickly. I've been saying quickly, but this is now quickly. Sometimes Tina says, sometimes you, you come to a place that you want to end, you want to finish, and you're talking so fast, so fast, so fast. I say, yeah, 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 that's okay. I'm talking fast. You want to finish? <laughs> Look at this. Verse 13. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. Lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. Listen, when a believer in Christ dies, rejoice. They have fallen asleep. They are not lost. Don't be talking of believers like, we lost my mom. Was she born again? Yes. You didn't lose her. You didn't lose her. She fell asleep. Was your dad born again? Yeah. You don't lose your dad. He fell asleep. The scripture says it. Lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Listen to this verse 15. For this we say to you by word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the shofar of God. So it will be declaring. There will be the blowing of the trumpet. When it's coming. And those who are dead in Christ. They will be raised up fast. They will precede us. And then all of us. Look at this. Then we who are alive and remain. Shall be caught up together. With them in the clouds. To meet the Lord in the air. Boy, that will be quick. In the air. I mean, that's amazing. That's amazing, church. How can anyone want to, to, to not participate in that? That's amazing. That's going to happen. And it may happen today. 
as it may happen today. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Oh. Oh. I mean, I felt, now, this is nothing compared to how I felt on 16th. After it was pronounced, now you're married, a husband and a wife. I mean, always be with the Lord. Always. Therefore, comfort one another with his words. But are you seeing the trumpet, the shofar, proclaiming his coming? The first time that trumpet is mentioned, shofar, in the Bible, is in Exodus 19. And it's when the Lord, the Bible says this, he descended on Mount Sinai. And the trumpet, the shofar, blew. And it was so loud. That's dominion. It's actually, it was the giving of the law, and he was declaring the children of Israel as his own people. The Lord himself. Now, so, I will not read these scriptures. Maybe we'll do la, la, next time. But you can find it in your own time, Joshua chapter 6 and Joshua and, and Judges chapter 9. We all forget in reading that Joshua, the book of Joshua, they are, they are, they are, they are entering into, they are taking over Jericho. We all forget that there was the blowing of the shofar. We say shouts, but we don't forget, don't forget that there was the blowing of the shofar. Because also it's a weapon of warfare. In Joshua, let see if I can read on scripture. I have to finish now. In, in Joshua chapter, I told you chapter what? Six? Chapter six. And then he said this, um, look at verse six. Then Joshua, the son, of man called, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of rams, or the shofar, horns before the ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, Proceed and march around the city and let him who is armed advance before the ark of the Lord. So it was when Joshua had spoken to the people that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of rams, horns before the Lord, advanced and blew the trumpets, and the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. They did that. Do you know what that means? They are taking over. There is dominion in the taking, the blowing of the shofar. In other words, you are taking what is rightfully yours. God had given that land to him, and there was no city that was going to be on their way. Expect a release of God's promises as even blow the trumpet. And then, look at verse 20. So the people shouted when the priest blew the trumpet. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet. And the people shouted with a great shout that they all fell down flat. Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. The, the trumpet was blown, they shouted, the wall was flat, taking over. That's what happens. Entering, and, and it happens the same thing in, in, a, in the judges concerning Gideon. It was actually also the blowing of the shofar, and they defeated the Midianites. Listen, the blowing of the shofar is also a weapon 
of warfare, defeating the will of the enemy. So we are going to blow, to blow the shofar over you. So you enter this brand new year. Listen, the enemies of your soul defeated. And entering into God's will and purposes. So Alice, will you get ready, please? Let me show you. There are so many reasons. There are so many things, actually, in that. But I'm giving you a little bit of it. In, a, in Numbers chapter 10, quickly, let me show you another one here. Numbers chapter 10. Listen to verse 9. Numbers 10 verse 9. When you go to war in your land against the enemy who oppress you, then you shall sound an alarm with the trumpets, the shofar, and you will be remembered before the Lord your God, and you will be saved from your enemies. Are you listening? When you go to war in your land, are we at war, people? Yeah. Uh, you're against the, the enemy who oppresses you, then you shall sound an alarm with the trumpets and you will be remembered before the Lord. God says this, you blow it, you'll be remembered. He's listening. And listen this, and you'll be saved from your enemies. As we enter in, into this new season, that's what I'm going to believe. You'll be saved from your enemies, blowing the trumpet over you or the shofar. Also in the beginning of your gladness, in your appointed feast. And at the beginning of your months, you shall blow the shofar over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifices of a peace offerings, and they shall be a memorial for you. I am the Lord your God. God wants his people free. When the trumpet blows, the last one. Alice, if you can come. If the trump, when the, you can all stand up on your feet. When the trumpet blows, the last one. Listen, finally... We have our full redemption. We'll be caught up in the air, completely delivered. From everything of this natural realm, we'd have moved into eternity in Christ. The final blowing of the shofar. But this is my point. I want you to see, to hear this. You don't have to wait until that time. We are new creations. Did you hear what I said? You don't have to wait until that time. We are new creations. Listen, we are born again. Take that by faith today. Just thank him for his word right now. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead and lift your voice and thank him. These things are happening. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Continue playing, Martin. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Just thank you. His coming is our King. Very soon. <laughs> Hallelujah. He came to set his people free. He's our king. 
Hallelujah. Come on, keep playing. He came to set his people free. Even so, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Take your bride away. He came to set us free. Jesus, come. Carol, if you can help. Okay, okay come on. Now I want you to respond with a shout. Listen, just move, move front. See your deliverance. See the will of God concerning you. See the enemy. I go back to verse 9, please. When you go to war in your land against the enemy oppresses you. See anything that has oppressed you leaving you completely and forever. Then you shall sound an alarm with the trumpets, the shofars, and you will be remembered before the Lord. God says this, I'm going to respond and you'll be saved from your enemies. So I want you to close your eyes and see it and receive it and when they blow, you shout after the blow. Every blow she does, you shout. Remember he says this, shout for the Lord God has given us the city. It's a shout of dominion. Go ahead and 